a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury and anomaly properties. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we continue to answer your money questions. Well, that's exactly what we do. This week, three distinct questions we're trying to fix. Of course, the biggest waste of money of the week. Here are the questions we have for you this week, Nicole. Oh, hello, Nicole. Hello. Here's the questions we have for you this week. Um, we have a lady whose husband earns uh, t- over $200,000 a year. She is given a monthly allowance and she doesn't think it's enough and it's causing lots of fights. So we're going to talk about that. That's a fun one. We Thanks. have a person emotionally attached to their home nearing retirement. They are pretty sure they should get rid of it but it's taking a lot of courage to do so. And then finally, a student loan question from a single dad raising a five-year-old son in Denver, Colorado. Uh, So we will hit that as well. Nicole, do you have a preference where we start? I mean, so we've got single dad raising a five-year-old. We've got a woman attached emotionally to her home and we've got relationship drama. What do you want? Let's dive into the drama first. Drama first. Okay, yeah, drama let's first. find it. Uh, this I'm not going to give this person's name. Okay. Oh, by the way, this is how this show works. You, it's 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 answering your financial questions. You just email us, ask Pete, A S K P E T E at PeteThePlanner.com. Don't spell Pete like they do sometimes when I go to Starbucks. P E E T. It's ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com, or hit us on Twitter at PeteThePlanner. Uh, Nicole, here's the question. How much money, uh, the subject was how much money I have to receive from my husband every month if he earns $240,000 a year. My husband earns $240,000 a year. Uh, He pays a mortgage of $3,000 a month. We don't have debt. Uh, He gives me a monthly check for $3,000 for groceries and bills of the house. We have a daughter, she's in public school. Four cars, at the door, I don't know what that means, pay off, uh, I don't know. Four cars? I don't know. I don't have access to his bank account. If I need extra money for myself, always there's a fight. We never travel, uh, no improvements for the house, just uh, what is necessary. Uh, For my personal expenses, he doesn't care, always is a fight. What is the right amount I should have? From him, Nicole, do you understand the question? Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting kind of sticky situation. Okay, so uh, and by the way, if you email us and, and you don't happen to listen to the show, here's what we we try to do: we try to email you the audio of the show so you hear your segment. Is that what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we're going to email this person the audio, assuming they don't listen on the podcast uh, or they don't catch it on PeteThePlanner.tv. Uh, so here we go <sighs> now. I have to put out a big disclaimer on this one, emailer, uh, because I am not a relationship expert. I'm I'm just not. Now, I've been married for, uh, this will be my 18th year uh, this month, but I'm not a relationship expert. I would argue this is not a financial question. No. You, You agree with me, Nicole? I do. It doesn't feel like a financial question. Internally, it agrees agrees too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's out here shaking her head. (laughs) 
but there's certainly financial ramifications. Absolutely, as and, there are with a lot of situations. Yeah, the, the problem is manifesting itself through your finances. Right. Um, and let's let's give financial answers. I'm not going to give you relationship advice because, no. advice because I, I don't, I, it's just hard to take from someone that looks like me. <laughs> well, that that just opens us to a whole other door. Right. Right. No. So there are clearly, clearly no joint financial goals. No. 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 Right. It's very obvious that it's his income. Oh yeah. You know. And, and so let's let, let's go to an interesting place. I'm going to answer this by telling you more about my financial life than I probably should or want to. That's what we're here for, though, right? I, I am the sole income earner in my household. Uh, when I get paid uh, every other Wednesday, right? It's always a good time. Yep. When I get paid, uh, my income, my paycheck, splits into two different accounts. A set amount goes into an account that I primarily manage, and this, an amount goes into an account that my wife primarily manages. We both have access to the other person's account, but just for logistical reasons, because of travel, those sorts of things, that's how we do it. We don't consider the money that goes into the account that she manages as her money, although she is primarily spends 100% of that money for the household. Mm -hmm. And uh, the money that goes into my account is, uh, and by my economy, the one I primarily manage, is for our entire household. I just primarily spend it for the household. Does that make sense, Nicole? Yes. Uh, so out of my account, I pay for the, the mortgage, the f groceries, um, the health insurance, uh, and a few other major items, and that, that eats up. So all the big expenses come out of mine, and all the little ones, like our emailers, comes out of what would be this person's 3,000 bucks. And now that I think about it, if we're just using round numbers, I think the amount that goes into that Mrs. Planner account is roughly $3,000 a month, if I'm being <laughs> honest, if we're sort of thinking through this. Um, and so how do you begin to rectify a problem when it feels like someone's on an allowance? Mrs. Planner and I have had this discussion over the years. And at times, because of the way we do this, Nicole, she has felt the same. Yeah. She has felt like she is on a leash. Uh, and that was never my intent. It's currently not my intent, never was my intent. It was really just a byproduct of having two separate accounts and having one person run the household finances, which is her, and one person just fundamentally paying the bigger bills. Now, would it have made sense to have one account that does all of that? We'd, we'd done that in the past, but prior to her staying home with her kids, she was a, a, you know, a teacher, so she had her, uh, her own income. Uh, and so it, for whatever reason, it just made sense for us to have two accounts. And one account always became more difficult to manage based on my road schedule and all sorts of other things. Um, so here's where I'm at. Even in the best financial situations, which I will subjectively call mine that, there's gonna be drama when dealing with money with a significant other. Uh, Nicole, you you don't share finances necessarily with your friend, right? but you guys do share bills. Exactly, and it was funny, I was talking with one of our coworkers the other day about how when we go out to dinner even, we split the bill down the middle just because we don't share an account, but we still want it to be you know kind of as fair as possible for us both taking equal parts of how much we're contributing you know, financially to our life just because we don't share an account. So that is your strategy, right? right. Yeah. And you have established that? Yeah. Mrs. Planner and I have an established strategy which has been refined over the years. 
Um, yeah, I think that's important too, is it's the way he and I handle our money has even changed over the course of the year that we've lived together. Right. And so that's where I want to take this with our emailer is that it seems like every time they interact about money, it's a reactive conversation. Right. That never works no. in any area of your life. Sure, at some point you're going to have to react and put out a fire. I mean, that's just how business works. That's how personal lives work. <laughs> Absolutely. But they need a proactive money conversation, which will a help them establish, uh, you know, the rules, the standards. There are currently zero standards for this household, and I, yeah. I'm not saying that judgmentally. I just don't think there are standards. What are, what are standards? Here are standards. We will maintain this amount in savings. We will not go into credit card debt, which by the way, they don't have credit card debt, right? But if you're, if you're a household with four cars right, and this much stress, we need to make sure that household goals are being met. Provide an education for our children once they get out of public schools. Uh, have a reasonable retirement. Uh, this isn't even a he said, he said, she said, can't even say that. Pete can't say that. <laughs> uh, it's not a he said, she said. It is total miscommunication. So here's my advice with our 30 seconds left. Uh, my advice is this, have a money meeting and it will be terrible and do it every month. Uh, for the first couple months, it's gonna be terrible. The fifth of the month, just choose a day. It doesn't matter. 20 minute conversation, set distinct and specific financial goals and then allow those goals to influence and inform your income. That's what you got to do. Coming up after the break, we're gonna talk about a single dad trying to pay off student loan debt. All that is next on The Pete The Planner Show. I am Pete The Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion is strong against any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Back on the Pete the Planner show, I'm Pete the Planner, answering your money questions. Here's how this show works. It, it's you. You make this show work. You email askpete at petetheplanner.com. And we'll answer your questions. Well, why is that interesting? Well, because it's interesting. It just <laughs> is. This is what we do. I've been doing it for years. It's interesting. It uh, is. We have nothing to sell you. I have, everyone has biases. I have biases, but I'm not leading to a particular product. I'm not trying to sell anything. So it's just like, it's just an answer. Sometimes we don't know who to ask money questions to. And this next question we have from a guy in Denver is exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, like who do you ask this question to other than us? Uh, hi, Pete. I'm a single dad raising my five-year-old son in Denver, Colorado. I'm already feeling altitude sickness just from the email because I get altitude sickness. <laughs> my elderly widowed mother lives with me. I have a two-bedroom condo that is valued at $250,000, and there's $75,000 left on the mortgage. Nicole, here's what I'm doing. Yep. How much equity does he have in the house? This is from last week's repeat. We're all learning, right? Yes. He has $250,000. That's the value of the condo. 
250,000. He only owes 75. Okay. How much equity Uh does he have? I got to do some math. 250,000 value. He owes 75. Because we're always learning. We're teaching. We're learning. So he's got $175,000 in equity. That is how much of the home he owns. He either paid that down or his property has increased and therefore his equity has increased as well. This is disgusting how much you've learned. <laughs> uh, my student loans increased from $110,000 to $230,000 over a five-year period due to a high-conflict custody battle. Oh. I'm 39 and deeply worried about my student loan debt. Any help or direction would be much appreciated. Sincerely, this emailer. Thank you, Emiller. So, Nicole, I feel like it's worth explaining how in the world student loans go from 110000 to 230000 over a five-year period. Yeah, yeah that's do, kind do, of a jump. Do you know how? I'm, no, I, mean, I don't. Okay. So, he was, he was in default or deferment or he was in something. He wasn't paying on them. Oh, okay. Okay. So, as they say in the movies, the juice was still running. Like... Basically, the interest was just like piling up. And since he wasn't paying the interest, the interest then would capitalize into the loan. So, Nicole, let's just take a round number of $100,000. Okay. And let's say I owe $6,000 or 6% interest in a year on that $100,000. Okay. Uh So, so I don't pay it. No. So, my loans go from $100,000 to $106,000. The next year, I don't pay the interest, oh. so it goes from 106 to 112. Right, whatever. because then it just compounds on top of whatever you're. Yeah, and then it just snowballs and penalties and all sorts of things. So, what, what you know, we talk about compound interest right. on this all the time. Yeah. It basically becomes the reverse of compound interest, and builds up debt instead of an asset. Oh gosh. Which you know, here's what's crazy now. No one's going to take $110,000 of an asset and have it compound to $230,000 in a five-year period. It's not going to more than double. Uh-uh. Uh, I mean, there's really no set fixed uh, rate of return that's going to allow you to do that. But from a debt perspective with the different penalties and how um, escalated interest rates can get involved, because sometimes with Nicole, uh, with debt, Nicole, what, what you <laughs> find out is that... Um, You'll pay one interest rate until you go into default. And then they crank up the juice. So they'll say, okay, you're at 6.99%, but now you're at 13.99%, or now you're at Uh 29.99%. And that doesn't necessarily what happens with student loans, or it may have in this case, but that's what happens with uh, credit cards all the time. Now, that's not answering this guy's question. I just needed to give everybody up to speed as to why that happens, because a lot of people yeah. go, well, why did that happen? Why did it go on? And I will also say, and I, I love the language of an email, because it gets me to know what a person's thinking. And I'm not a, uh, assigning blame or anything here, but uh-uh. the, the way he puts it is, over a five-year period due to a high-conflict custody battle, the words that aren't used there are, I stopped paying on my loan. Right. Right. Yeah. Because he was either distracted or he was uh, economically damaged uh, during that time frame. If it was a high conflict custody battle, here's my guess, and I, and I don't know how sure I am of this hypothesis. I feel like he had such high legal bills that he chose to go into default. Right. Not pay his loans. So they could pay his legal bills. That's my guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would be, yeah. 
So here's what's happened. I, I don't know how much of an education this individual has. I, I don't know what it's valued at. But I do know this person now owes two, is a 39-year-old, probably greatly removed from school, maybe almost 20 years removed from right, school. Right, we don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, and he owes $230,000. Nicole, if I, if I walked up to you right now on the street and said, uh, you now owe someone $230,000. It's not a trick. It's, not, it's just like that's what you do. That's got to feel overwhelming, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes me just want to lay down. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the challenge for this person is, I know this is terrible, is to ignore it. That sounds like horrible advice, but that's my advice. My advice is the payment is the payment, man. The balance, ignore the balance. Who cares that it's $230,000? Whatever your monthly payment is, it is what it is. It's a house you can't live in. If you're being charged 700 bucks a month, well, then you're budgeting everything else as a single dad, taking care of your elderly widowed mom at $700 oh. less than you normally would have. Right. And that's a horrible answer, but I guess what I'm, I'm trying to give this person uh, permission to do is to ignore the balance right, and just you, think about the payment. You can't think about, oh, the f I owe over $200,000. No. You have to look at the fact of, okay, each month I have to remove $700 from my budget and just go from there. You can't focus on that, otherwise you don't move the needle at all. And I know this is different, but I mean, I think about the real estate I own, a couple places, uh, rentals and whatnot, um, I owed well over a half million dollars to banks. Yeah. And while I realize I'm building equity in those homes and those sorts of things, I, I don't walk around going, I owe half a million dollars no. because I just accept the payment as the payment. But when you have a debt like this that is not secured by anything other than your education, it's really easy. To, to get distracted by the 230. Now, he does tell us the equity in his home for a reason, because he's thinking, can I alleviate the stress of this 230 by wiping it a partial uh, amount of it out with an with. asset by taking an equity loan? And the answer is, absolutely not. You need to forget that you have a $230,000 balance and just pay the payment. Uh, I'm sorry, there are no other things to do. I mean, you could be one of those people who are like, well, I'm gonna get on the grind and pay this off in 10 years. Probably not gonna happen if we're being honest. If you're a single dad, and you're caring for an elderly widowed mom. No, not gonna happen. This is horribly simple, awful advice, but the advice is give yourself permission to never think about the $230,000 and just make the payment. You, my friend who emailed me, you may have a debt, whatever amount it is, with these student loan providers for the rest of your life. It's just, it, that's what it is. I'm sorry there was a high conflict custody battle that put you in this situation. There's a lot of other circumstances here that are not great. And, and then unfortunately that's your reality. And this advice may not be helpful. It may be condescending. It may be uh, not at all what you want. But it's the truth. I've been in this situation a million times with other emailers and people we've dealt with. The only solution is to make the payment and never think about the words $230,000 ever again. Coming up after the break, we're gonna uh, answer a question from a woman who is emotionally attached to a house that she's pretty sure she needs to get out of. 
If you want to email us, do it. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. This is the Pete the Planner Show, and I am Pete the Planner. Hi, I'm internet podcaster Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also see me on YouTube? That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. Back on the Pete the Planner Show, answering your money questions live on the radio. Hey, we're adding some new affiliates here in the next couple weeks, so welcome. Thanks for being part of this. You can always listen to uh, this show in its entirety if you just joined us at uh, the podcast. Go to wherever you get your podcast, search Pete the Planner. And on Tuesdays, you'll get this show. And on Thursdays, you'll get our show Repeat, where we explore different topics on a deeper basis. We have an expert series coming up on Repeat, Nicole. Where we, we do. We're going to have uh, experts in all areas and facets of the financial world digging deep on particular topics so jump in and listen to those as well and you can always watch this too at petetheplanner.tv if for some reason you want to see what i look like <laughs> all right so next question uh it's from a lady named whatever i don't ever give names i i because you just never know right nicole what's right? the point i know we'll call this lady lulu i'll make it up that's cute i'm a 72 year old single woman uh is she hitting on me maybe is she, she hitting on me? She opened that we, right out of the gate. I mean, remember, what someone says at first is the, the most, in, like... Hey, you put it out there. There we go. Look, I'm married, yo. Asking you shall receive. And she's too young for me. I'm a 72-year-old <laughs> single woman and have been living in a condo for the last 28 years. I'm retired, but I work part-time. I owe $62,104 on my home. Usually when someone gives those specifics, they'll say, I owe about right. 62104 But she at least knows that it's not about. That's the number. And the value of my <laughs> home, uh-oh, Nicole, another equity question oh, coming. Yes. And the value of my home is around $170,000. Okay, Nicole, right. how much equity does Lulu have? So we've got 170. Correct. And she owes 65. Two. You put in 17. Yep. And then she owes 62,000? Yes. So, oh shoot, I, I don't know. 38,000 is right. Yes. Great job. Thank you. Uh, I have approximately $30,000 in liens on the property. Oh. Okay, so Nicole, so today we learn about liens. I actually know what liens are. Why do you know this? So, when, <laughs> why do you know this? <laughs> <laughs> so, when the great uh, car tragedy mm. of January of 2018 um, when I went to turn my car over to the car dealership sure. that we leased my car from, my parents still owned the lien but because I was the one who was handing it over they had to turn the lien over to me No, that's the title. Oh, that's the title That's oh. the title. It turns out, Nicole you don't know what a lien is. No, no, no 
I'm I'm confusing the two. I do know what a lien is because I thought that there was a lien because of something that I signed and the DMV had to tell me no. Here's a lien. A lien is a legal right granted by the owner of a property by a law or otherwise acquired by a creditor. A lien serves to guarantee an underlying obligation such as the repayment of a loan, specifically the repayment of loan. If the underlying obligation is not satisfied, the creditor may be able to seize the asset that is the subject of the lien. Okay, yes. if I don't pay a bill, uh, if I don't pay a tax bill, um, the uh, taxing authority, uh, the IRS, could place a lien on my assets or my wages or, or my house or whatever so that when I sell my house, they get paid first before I get the proceeds of the sale. Right, so when my parents bought the car that I was driving before, they had a lien between them and the creditor that they were paying the car payment down on. Yes. 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 Yes, I do okay. know what a lien is. I was wrong. Okay, back to the question. My current income is, oh, by the way, I skipped a line. Uh, I can afford to live in the house, but maintenance is the issue. While the HOA fees cover the exterior maintenance, the interior is my responsibility, right? Yeah. My current income is $1,734 in Social Security and $800 from my part-time job. That job may end at any time. Oh, Yikes. The owner is planning on retiring within the next year uh, of the business she works. My house payment is $644 monthly, and my HOA fees are $288. They're expected to increase again this year. I can afford to live in this home, but it's difficult to maintain the interior. My problem is, of course, the emotional prospect of leaving this place on a lake that I had always planned on retiring from, as well as finding a place that will be less expensive to live. At least one that I would like to finish my life living in. Uh-huh. Jeez. I know. As I write this, it seems pretty cut and dried what to do, but my question for is, what's the smart thing to do? All right, this is a tough question. Emotions are involved. I know. 28 years, long time. That's so long. But the reality of the situation is the, okay, so you look at a situation like this and you say, is the problem getting better as time progresses or is the problem getting worse? Right. And if, if we decide that the problem is getting worse, which Nicole, which side are you on here? It kind of feels like her problem could get worse. Absolutely. Right. She's going from $2,500 a month of income to $1,700 soon when the job ends. Right. And her house pay, her HOA fee, HOA fees continuously rise. That's oh, the problem with condos. I, yeah, I feel her. I'm with her in the same boat. So she's basically paying $1,000 a month of her $1,700 income for her house. Now, it's not like she has a ton of other living expenses, but uh-huh. I'm sure she has some. Sounds like the expenses she does have of upkeep of the interior if her problem is getting worse because of income and because of expenses, the next question you always ask is, will it get to a point in time where she can't solve the problem that she could solve now right. later? Like, will, will it be impossible to make a change later based on that reality versus now? And, and my guess is that this problem will get worse to the point of which she will have no resolution. Right, yeah, there's no way for her to provide a solution for herself because she'll just be way too far. Because if she goes deeper into debt, right, um, 
that could become a, a major issue. Now, I have a solution that no one's going to like. Mm. I think she should consider renting. Oh. She is used to having a, roughly $1,000 a month in housing expenses. Right. She's used to that. Yeah. Um, they're going to escalate, though, and the interior upkeep is costing her a lot of money. I think she should consider um, renting at a lower level yeah. and, a, and a lesser property, even if it's she's renting uh, a house. It doesn't have to be an apartment. Right. Or renting a condo where, like, I have, I own a condo, I own a townhome, mm -hmm. and I rent it out to somebody. I technically pay the homeowners association bill every month uh, and it's built into the mortgage, but it's just something they don't have to think about. And um, the upkeep of the property is a responsibility of the landlord. Right. So because of her HOA fees, they would provide the upkeep for the exterior of that for them. And then she could rent that out. I also think she has to solve this before her job ends. Right. Yeah. No, she needs to be able to have a step ahead of that. Yeah. She needs to have the flexibility. And when she decides, uh, why, why am I saying she? Let's just talk to her. Uh, lady, Lulu, uh, <laughs> when you make this decision, not only do it before your job ends, but make sure that whatever um, amount you're going to pay towards your rent or if you decide to, to, to buy a house, which I, actually I frown upon in this situation, whatever you decide to rent, Make sure it fits into your $1,734 a month of Social Security. The other good part about this is, I guess, she has $30,000 of liens on the property. She has $38,000 uh, of, what? No, hold on. $138,000 of, right? Am I doing this right? Huh? Huh? No. No. $108,000. Did I do the equity wrong in the first place? Yeah, you did. Why did she yell at me? I was just going to Wait, I corrected you on lean and then I was wrong and then... It's funny how that works, isn't it? Oh my gosh. I just mansplained wrong. I'm going to lose my man card. <laughs> she has $108,000 in equity, $30,000 lean. So she's going to have a, a nice bit of equity to secure her life a little bit more. Right, yeah. Right? She's got a nice chunk there. So here, with 15 seconds left, Lulu, sell your house now. Do it. Now, rent something for much cheaper find stability, and live peacefully. That's what I want you to do. Uh, next, coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner Show. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I Back on the Pete the Planner Show, we'll hit biggest waste of money of the week in just a moment. But I want to do a public service before we get there and tell you why you should never give a nine-year-old child your phone number. Uh, just... At the recording of this show between the break, I checked my voicemail from uh, my home phone number, expecting a loving message from Mrs. Planner. 
Instead, I got my nine-year-old daughter leaving me the following voicemail. What are you doing, frog dancing? Banana-na-na! What are you doing, frog dancing? Banana-na-na! What are you doing, frog dancing? Banana-na-na! What are you doing, frog dancing? Don't ever give your phone number to your children. Nicole, not only will that probably delay you having children, but hopefully you've learned never to give your phone number to a nine-year-old. I have learned both things today. Yes, excellent. Weird. All right, so biggest waste of money of this week. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some Supreme Court stuff. Oh. Go get serious. Serious. Th this week's biggest waste of the money of the week is the Landmoto Automatic Car Tent. Keep your car protected from the scorching sun with the Landmoto Automatic Car Tent. Available in a variety of sizes to fit different vehicles, it mounts quickly and easily to the top of your car and unfolds in just eight seconds with the push of a button. In addition to keeping your car cool, it also protects against hail, bird droppings. So basically it says, oh, hail no. <laughs> You're like, oh, hail no. Yeah, I, I get you. Bird droppings and other falling objects. And should you opt for the all-in-one package, you can also set it on a stand and attach side curtains to create a full-sized tent. What? Starting at $299. Nicole. I don't get it. I don't I get it. I just don't get it. My only thought is that this is for like living in Phoenix. Okay. Where you the sun is so brutal that it just brutalizes the paint in your car and all of this. But looking at this thing, I, d I don't how's get it gonna, it. I, I are that many people getting their cars hailed on all the time? Like right? I have hail damage on one of our cars, but I, I was on the highway in a traffic jam. Like what I'm like, throw on the brakes, put on my Landmoto <laughs> car tent and be like, hold on y'all. Well, that I was even thinking of like for when I go to the music festivals and we do the quote unquote glamping. Yeah, like that wouldn't even what's no. It's yeah. So there's no functionality of like you being under the tent. It's, no. it's a tent for your car. And by the way, it protects your car from bird droppings. Guess what then has bird droppings on it? Right. So then you're folding up this tent that's got the bird droppings on it. And heaven only knows how long those are going to be there. Things I don't want to touch. Bird droppings. Ew. If bird droppings are on my car, spray it off. But if I'm folding up this uh -uh. Landmoto automatic car tent, there's bird droppings all over. And also, uh -uh. other falling objects, how strong is this tent? Like I, what, a piano? I got, right, I have questions. What is falling on cars? And how big is it? Like, where do you store it? Like, is it's it a giant it waste of money. It is. It literally is. So anyway, Landmoto automatic car tent. Don't buy one. All right, hey, let's talk about something that everyone's been asking me about, and, and I feel like I should weigh in in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, uh -oh. So this is off the Washington Post story this week that Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh piled up credit card debt by purchasing Washington Nationals tickets. Okay, so Nicole, did you hear this story? No, I didn't. Oh. I missed it. You don't read the Washington Post? I try to. I, it's funny, you know, I'm on the social medias for the, yeah, for our company. Sure. But other than that, I stay off the social okay. medias. It's fine. Here's what happens. Um, there has to be a financial disclosure for anyone in this sort of position. And right. in 2019 on financial disclosures, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, this uh, person who was just nominated to be the next uh, justice of the uh, Supreme Court, Kavanaugh reported having between 60 thousand and two hundred thousand dollars in debt accrued over three credit cards and a loan 
each credit card held between $15,000 and $50,000 in debt, and he had a thrift savings plan loan that was somewhere between $15,000 and $50,000. Let's talk about this. The credit card debts and loans were either paid off or fell below the reporting requirements in 2017, according to the filings. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kavanaugh's friends, uh, the person who did this uh, report uh, um, through the White House, said that uh, Shaw told the Post that Kavanaugh's friends reimbursed him for their share of the baseball tickets that he purchased on these credit cards, and then he was able to repay those loans. But there's there's additional information here that is interesting. Um, Kavanaugh's most recent financial disclosure forms re reveal reportable assets between $15,000 and $65,000, which put him at the bottom of the financial rankings of justices. So this is a one of the people the best in his field has $15,000 to $65,000 in reportable assets, but he also listed over uh, well over $1 million in assets in, um, oh, pardon me, I, I said that wrong. Most of all the other justices list over a million dollars in assets. But he does have uh, a government retirement account worth nearly a half a million dollars uh, that was not required to be listed in the disclosure. He also has nearly $1 million between the equity in his home and his retirement account. So let's discuss how much money a person should have. Should an American be concerned about what I just read in the Washington Post? Nicole, of course, I will put it to you. Yes. Are you at all concerned about what you've just heard in the Washington Post, which, which all are, are facts? These are factual things in a disclosure. Uh, you can either interpret them to be good or bad or indifferent. Do you care? What do you think? Right. I think it's one of those I still don't completely know the level of gravity that this carries. You know, I don't know how or what this could insinuate, you know, between his money practices and the position that he would fill. Sure. It kind of raises some concern that there are things coming out just, I mean, regardless of someone stepping into something like this. But I don't I guess I'm not familiar enough with it to know completely or to have a total opinion. So here's what I think. Yeah. And I that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I, but, but what I like, what you didn't do is, and I don't know how you feel about him one way or the other. I mean, who, who really cares? I guess we don't know enough about him. And we don't right. know enough about his financial situation. Um, I, I do believe what people do with their personal finances does sort of color what sort of judgment they have altogether. Right. That being said, I, I think people make a lot of dumb mistakes. I think putting baseball tickets uh, on a credit card and carrying that balance for any period of time until your friends pay you back, that's sort of a dumb idea. Yeah. Right? I, I don't really like that. I will also say that, that you know, having between $15,000 and $65,000 of reportable assets outside of retirement accounts and, and equity in your home for someone who's in their mid-50s um, and has been at the top of their profession, that kind of bothers me. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Doesn't look great for him, you know? I think the thing that bothers me the most, and I know nothing about it other than the number, and, and this is really my hang up, but culturally people do this, is he has a thrift savings plan, which is essentially a 401k um, loan between $15,000 and $50,000. It doesn't make a lot of sense to take a 401k loan or a thrift savings plan loan and to carry, no matter what it is. If you have a hardship, maybe. Right. And again, I don't know their situation. Maybe there's a major, magic, med, major medical issue. Where I, I don't know. The finances here, they don't concern me. I, I don't know this person's particular politics or judgment in terms of the courts one way or the other, nor do I particularly, I care, but I don't care, right? I know, I'm with you. But from a financial standpoint, 
I think this is weird, but it's not shady. Yeah. There, if the numbers were bigger or if there were, I don't know, people couldn't read into totally of if their numbers were bigger and people didn't know what had caused those or something, maybe, yeah. Like if he was trying to hide something. Yeah. But I feel with the numbers being that low, there's not necessarily something that could be hidden with I, this. I can't say he has poor judgment. Right. I can say it's weird. It's not shady. And I will draw with a minute remaining here. Uh, there's a there are some contrast between what I've seen here and my my feelings about it and what you see in like Marco Rubio's disclosure. <laughs> His stuff isn't shady, but it's dumb. Yeah, like he got a, a book advance uh, for writing a, advance for writing a book and bought a, a boat, like a fifty thousand dollar <laughs> boat. Yet he had all, all this other debt, like. His personal finance decisions, I can look at his disclosure. I look at actually, I look at these disclosures all the time. Uh, Vice President Pence's disclosure, super interesting because his biggest asset is his state pension, right? Oh. Um, Richard Luger, uh, yeah. famed senator from Indiana, he has one of the greatest disclosures ever because he refused once he got into office to ever own a share of stock because he felt like his decisions could influence that. So anyway. Interesting. That's it. That's all we have time for this week. Thanks for joining us. Go to PeteThePlanner.com to learn more. Sending you good vibes, because good vibes are all that's in the budget. This is the Pete the Planner Show, and I'm Pete the Planner. This is for information purposes only. Not restricted. Financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry, or love, fly as a dove, released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T., word to John Tesh, let me bless this harmonic presentation, it's amazing, so amazing, I'm the reason, uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings, from a far away land, I am the soul controller, put the remote down and let me take control, you're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself, Love Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole. Event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. and beats I burn, I burn, I burn, I This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?